We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you, th- oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we were just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. Welcome to Nobody with a Bible. I'm Chief Nobody Brandon. And here we talk about all the things and use biblical discernment while doing so. So let's dig in. Not using your feelings, but God's truth. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. Welcome back to another 20-minute tirades. Today we're doing things Christians need to stop saying. Well, nobody has perfect theology. I got Heidi here to help keep me on track today to make sure that this stays at 20 minutes. So, Heidi, I'm going to hold you to that. I was going to say, so everybody now wish me luck. Yep, hurry me along here. So anyway, this one is, and it's not just, well, nobody has perfect theology that you hear often. And most of the time, this is in defense of a false teacher. Most time, the response to this, whenever you would call that out or say something, they would say, well, who you think you have perfect theology? You think you never get something wrong? Why does that make this person a false teacher? Because nobody has perfect theology so or even i think just pointing out that like theology does indeed matter and you get people and go well what about this this and this should those things divide and the this this and this examples they give but those this this and this examples they give are blatant false teachings and you're like yes that should divide because scripture divides and it divides truth from error. Right. <laughs> so yes, theology and doctrine, it, it does matter and it is important. And even if it is divisive, it should be because you want to be in the correct truth, right? Yeah. Correct. Like if I was a medical student and I believed that, you know, I could do these crazy things, you'd be like, no, no, no. See, I'm teaching you now that this is what's true. This is what you can do to do this operation. If you do all that other stuff, it's going to be really bad. You're going to kill them. That's not how that works, right? Like in any other setting, you'd be like, oh yeah, I want to know truth from error. Right. Yeah. Why isn't that the same in theology and doctrine? That's the most important thing, you know? Right. And I, I get this all the time, a lot. And when he says all the time, he means all the time. And the other part of this too would be what you have a monopoly on understanding you understand everything nope you know that's the other part of it too no 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 that's not true either no and there is a there is truth to the statement that nobody does have perfect theology um but that does that statement itself and what really it, it really bothers me it's it really grinds my gears because it's the dumbest statement and it's the most biblically ignorant statement and forgive me i mean if you've made this statement and you don't understand well i'll explain why but it it is just very very dumb and let me i guess let me also clarify something before we i go into this that this isn't necessarily directed towards believers 
that, that may believe in incorrect way or have incorrect thoughts and feelings on stuff. This is always directed towards the teacher and the teaching. People that are caught up in this stuff, I don't fault them for these things. The Lord needs to bring them to truth and they should, they should be open to reproof and rebuke. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I'm never going to sit there and say that we all have to agree on every single little minute detail. And if we don't, that's it. But the things that we certainly have decided are secondary issues. Uh, there's a lot of those that aren't. And I don't know where people get this list. Um, somebody actually sent me a message today that said um, these are second and third, um, you know, uh, level doctrinal issues. Like where, where, where did we make a list? Where biblically can I find this list? Where's this list? <laughs> that I would, would be great. love to find it because it seems like it would clear up a lot of confusion. Right. So let me know where that list exists because, you know, it doesn't. So, you know, let me, you know, let, let's just say, let's just leave that there for a minute. Let's just go ahead and, and, and go into it and why this is stupid. Okay. As teachers, as shepherds, let's look at this biblically. The second Timothy 2.15 says, and I'm reading the KJV version because this is the best version and the best translation of this verse, and it's which the KJV gets it right most of the time. I'm not going to deny that. I'm just not a fan of the KJV. However, it goes, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth study to show thyself approved unto god not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth do you know what this verse means okay well paul is writing to timothy here this is a pastoral letter paul is writing to a pastor here and instructing him how to run a church and how to be a pastor. Study to show thyself approved unto God that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so this is a pastoral instruction to study and that we must rightly divide the word of truth. How does that, I mean, that verse right there like just takes the whole argument well nobody has perfect theology yeah but we are instructed to study to show ourselves approved and to rightly divide to understand these doctrines and rightly divide them and also there's a there's there's a whole bunch of literal application to that too along with scripture because we must rightly divide the difference between ethnic Israel and the church. That, that's a division that must be made. Otherwise, you end up in a whole bunch of error. Okay, so anyway, that, that takes care of it. This, this I mean, and, and Paul, you know, I guess the other thing that, that we get all the time or that I get all the time too is that... Um, well, we don't all have to agree on everything. We can have these divisions and we can have these things. I don't understand that because I don't, I don't find that in scripture. 
Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 18 and 19. When I urged Titus to visit you and sent our brother with him, did Titus take advantage of you? No, for we have the same spirit and walk in each other's steps, doing things the same way. Perhaps you think we are saying these things just to defend ourselves. No, we tell you this as Christ's servants and with God as our witness. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. Do you see that? Two different people, Paul and Titus, a Jew and a Gentile. Both have the same spirit and are walking in each other's steps, doing things the same way. And everything they do is to strengthen you, the congregation, the flock, the sheep. So there's unity in this. There's not division. And he gave, he gave pastors and teachers specific duties to know these things and to teach these things correctly. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Listen to what he says here. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Each individual person is a different member in the body and they have different talents. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. But you still have a place and everybody has their own individual ministry. Amen. That's the type of, that's the type of, of differences that we can have and, and we can come together in those differences and unify and edify to the church. And, and we can build up the church that way. That has nothing to do with our doctrines. Nothing. Quite the opposite because Paul is instructing the teachers to understand these things and, and their responsibility. The teacher's responsibility is to equip the people to do these things. How can we be in unison doing this if we're all teaching something different? Or if we don't know truths that were passed down to us, specifically given to us from the apostles. You realize that, that all of these teachings, all of these ideas and everything that we have in the church, they come from the apostles. 
through the Holy Spirit, of course. But they come from their foundation. They're the one that built this. They're the ones that have the original doctrines. People are so ignorant about things like that. Oh, doctrine, I hate that word. Well, the apostles didn't and the Bible doesn't because they taught doctrines. And there is not a whole lot of different, you know, views that we can have on things. And these secondary issues that people try to list, like baptism for salvation and these things like that. No, I'm sorry. That's not a secondary issue. That's a major, major error. That you are, you are on the fence of heresy, if not in over the, over the fence in heresy. Uh, if anybody that believes this, that's been taught this, I'm not saying that you're a heretic and you're going to hell and you're not a Christian because I think that you can believe these things because you don't know better. You haven't been taught better. But that, that doesn't make it biblical. But that doesn't make it true. biblical and true. Exactly. Right. And the people that are teaching these things and the people that are pushing these things are absolutely false teachers that are teaching heresies. And these heresies in their extremes can lead people to hell. I have been told by many people directly that I am going directly to hell because of so-and-so reason. Well, I'm sorry if you make that kind of judgment. What makes you think that you're not going to have that same judgment when you're talking about something that's so doctrinally, when it's serious? Okay, so I'm saying baptism for salvation. Okay, so a person says that, okay, well, they, weren't, they didn't have the opportunity to get baptized and they died. Well, sorry, they weren't one of the elect. What, what are you talking about? Because they weren't baptized? I've, I've literally had the story told to me. So don't, you know, don't be like, what? We don't believe. No, this has happened. Okay, but, you know, like that, that that's not. Paul, you know, Paul, Engel, I mean, he speaks in, in Titus and saying, those that are of the circumcision party, meaning Jews. And what Paul says there in Titus 1.10 is that insist on circumcision for salvation. So these false teachers were coming into Crete and they were, they were saying that you must, or, or around the area, and we're saying that you must be circumcised in order to be saved. These weren't; these were Judaizers. So that's literally adding a work to salvation. And what does Paul say about that? He says that they are empty talkers and deceivers. And then he says in verse eleven, he says they must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. And they, uh, he goes down in, in verse 13 and says, Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. And this, there's probably a little bit more to this, but let's remember they are insisting on circumcision for salvation. Heidi, tell me what that sounds like to you. Uh, that sounds like a work as something that you have to do in order to be saved, right? So it would be a safe application to say that that would be what Paul is talking about here. 
that we don't add anything like that to salvation. Like saying, if you have not been dunked in water, you cannot have salvation. Exactly. Which? If you have not removed foreskin as a male, then you cannot be saved. If you have not done the hokey pokey, then you cannot be saved, right? Right. That's, this is not, that's not true. How is that a secondary issue? Other than a believer that may believe incorrectly, maybe there is a teacher who is teaching this incorrectly, but the Lord will not let somebody stay in that type of error. And that's why we are told to study and look at these things. Yes, I'm very aware of every single one of these arguments. That's part of the job is to be aware of these arguments. You don't have to be an expert and have a PhD in every single one of them. I certainly don't. But if you only know what you're teaching and nothing else. You're ignorant. Exactly. And you have no business teaching. Which we would, again, safely apply to any other worldly circumstance, right? If I am a school teacher and I only know the basics of teaching kindergarten, I cannot go get a job as a high school chemistry teacher. I know how to teach kindergarten. Right. I don't know high school chemistry. I can't teach that because I don't know it. So if I am over there teaching you high school chemistry and you're like, "Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You can't do this job. You have to go learn and become educated before you can step into that role. Again, this is, would be one of those things that you would you would take into consideration in every other way, but we wouldn't hear in this situation, or we don't like to hear. Let me remind you, I am not. A, I don't have a PhD in every single one of these topics. I, I'm not even trying to act like I'm Mister Know It All. I am far, 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 far from it. We could do a whole podcast on how how much of an idiot I am, if you would like. I mean, we, we could do this if you want. You know, I could go but, respond to some comments you have on some older podcasts, oh, and I could it. probably gather up a good I know, you probably have a good crowd that would say that, that would, that would join us for a live for that, and, and they would love it. Uh, anyway, but, you know, I understand them, and I know them, and I have studied them. That doesn't mean that, you know, like I said, I may, I may not be, um, you know, PhD in every single category there, but my, part of the job is to understand these things and understand the arguments against these things, because that's what we just read a few minutes ago. So we won't get blown about by every wind of doctrine and teachers have this, um, you know, that, that can happen to them too. We, I've seen this happen. This happens quite often. Um, we, we've had people, you know, some people aren't completely sure where they are yet, you know, after they get through school and some people don't really, you know, they still have, they struggle with some things. Um, I, you know, I struggle with some things still, um, but not any, not anything foundational, you know, I mean the foundational truths that were handed down by, by the apostles, um, you know, I definitely have no, no confusion on those. Uh, but the world, we, we've, you know, as teachers, we've lost our boldness to be able to stand on these things and let these things be questioned. I'm sorry, a woman teacher is not, absolutely not a secondary issue. It, it can't be a secondary issue when it's literally commanded in Timothy. And when Paul says this, it's not a suggestion. It's not cultural. That's what people try to boil it down to. But no, it's not. 
That's an ignorant statement. And if you're saying that, you, you truly don't understand all of the arguments around this. Yes, there were definitely some cultural issues there, which Paul was addressing. But he goes beyond that to say that in, in speaking of God's created order with Adam and Eve, that Eve was deceived first. This is why. And he's still speaking of teaching and holding authority in the church. That's not a secondary issue. Where in scripture do we find our lists of secondary issues? Does that mean that every woman teacher is going to hell? And does that mean that they're leading everybody astray? No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to make that type of judgment. That's not my judgment to make. But a woman teacher is a false teacher. And again, if they are truly saved, the Lord will lead you into truth and, and, and lead you to understand these things. But these, that's not a secondary issue. You can misunderstand that as a believer. You can listen to women teachers. You can go to conferences. You can do whatever. And, and you're still, you know, I'm not questioning your salvation. But the Lord will lead you into truth eventually, and I'm not forcing that on you. If you don't understand what I'm saying yet, and you think I'm super hateful, and you think that I'm wrong, and you think that I'm uneducated, okay, whatever. But I'm telling you that for the teachers and the doctrine itself, the doctrine itself is false. It's demonic. Yes, I said it's demonic. Let me say it again. It's demonic. And it's not a secondary issue. So two things that we've talked about here, these things aren't secondary issues. They may have been taught as such, and, and we may have allowed these opinions, but they're not. And that's what happens with most of these things. But it's, it, it's ridiculous to say these, these things. And, and, and to say that nobody has perfect theology is to say that a, a teacher should not be educated before he even steps up to the pulpit and and that's i mean that's not what scripture says at all and, and let's just i'll leave you i know we're at uh we're already at 20 minutes here and heidi's already warned me and like flashing her arms um they'll probably have to be a part two of this but i'll leave with leave off here with a couple of scriptures and um you know just just hopefully to understand why um, these things don't make sense and, and why there's maybe not that far of a divide as you think there is between what we what we know is truth and, and what we believe. So just looking at, for instance, God's instruction in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, the Lord speaking to Joshua, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. What do you think that means? <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't think we need any special teaching or word study or, or anything here need, to understand. We need to understand scripture right here. You shall meditate yes. on it day and night so that. Oh, wait, let's just note though, that doesn't just mean for an hour on Sunday afternoon. No, no, that no, no. <laughs> and it's not, and it's not just thinking nice thoughts. It's thinking about about God's word and doctrines, what it says. What is a doctrine? It's teachings. That's all this is. People, it's a curse word to some people and it just throws them off. Teachings. 
The book of the law shall not depart from you, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. May be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then listen, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Only when you meditate on the Lord's word and are careful to do all that is written in it. How does that sound as a teacher like we have such a divide and we can be so ignorant? 2 Timothy 3 verses 14 through 17. But as for you, Paul speaking to Timothy, a pastor, in what you have learned and have firmly believed what you have learned and firmly believed knowing whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings highlight that you have been acquainted with the sacred writings he knew them because he was taught them which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Look, there's not, you know, I was, I was thinking about this this morning, there's not a whole bunch of different ways to fly a plane. There's one way a plane works. There may be different styles to how they go about it, but there's only one way that it works and guidelines have to be followed. If they're not, it can ruin everything. What makes you think this is not the same way? And what makes you think that we don't have this manual called scripture that tells us the difference between these doctrines? I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense. Leaving off in 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind united in thought and purpose well geez Heidi it sounds like you can have a whole bunch of different opinions over there doesn't it and again people like to counter this by saying but you saying this you're causing division no the false the teaching is causing division. the division is there is truth which is what the Bible teaches in all totality. It is one picture from Genesis to Revelation the whole thing in context right and there is air it is those things, which there are many, that even though they are popular, they are widely accepted, they make you feel good, <laughs> they're what traditionally the church is okay with, doesn't make them biblically accurate. Nope. And, and so you saying, hey guys, the truth, it's over here, right? We got to stand over here in the totality of God's word, even when we don't like it. That's not what's being divisive. Right. 
the things on the other end of the spectrum saying, oh no, this is required, or no, don't worry about that, or yeah, I know God's word says that, but what it means is this, right? Th- that's where the issue is. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, all is, is I want to say too that yes, we all grow in understanding. We all continue to grow in understanding and we all gain these things and we learn things better. I myself have, have learned um, and, and changed the way that I look at a few different things and I've come to maturity in, in things over the years and I am still coming to that. But guess what? Not one of those foundational issues and stuff that we talk about or any of these foundational doctrines and any of these things or any of that understanding affected. You know, it's just like you have to have a certain understanding of this first before we go into it. You will learn a lot in it and you'll, you know, there are things that that are, um, you know, we can, we can have differences on or we can interpret differently and, um, you know, we even see that in Jesus' day. But it's not... It's not something that divides us. And as we just read, it's we should be thought, we should be doing things in step and united in mind and thought and purpose. And we shouldn't be like, you know, well, you know, hey, we, you know, we disagree, you know, well, hey, let's just work for truth. You know, so I, I agree with that. So I, I just want to let, you know, I, I want to make that clear. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go. This is probably going to, this will have a part two. I guarantee it'll have a part two because I didn't get through half of my scriptures that I wanted to. I want to leave you off with Paul in, in, in Colossians 3.16 when he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, not ignorance, wisdom singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Okay, and, and we we are to be Bereans, right? Acts 17, 11, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. So this is something that we continue to do, but we are we, we make sure that every little thing that comes by that we test that to make sure that it's true all right but in no way does that mean that that there there isn't a perfect theology because perfect theology is what the disciples taught and yes they did have perfect theology and they passed that theology down and it's only division that has divided these things and has brought out opinion and we need to move away and stop saying these things because God expects us to have perfect theology. Teachers, teachers, let me make that clear. I'm going to be judged off of my bad theology. So that'll be part two, okay? will be, yeah, teachers won't get everything right, but I certainly will be judged off of what I get wrong. So that'll be part two. Thank you for listening. On the day of judgment, do not, do not fear for the atheist so much, the thief, the murderer. If you want to be afraid for someone on the day of judgment, be afraid for those who carried the title pastor. Let me give you an example. I gave this example last night. Let's say that a king had a bride. He loved her. He dressed her in white. She was pure and precious to him. And the people admired her for her, for her virtue, for her merit. And the king has to go on a long journey. And so he, he uh, tells his steward, he calls his steward in and he says, here are the directions and you are to care for my bride. 
You do not deviate from this, not, not one jot or tittle. And when I come back, you'll be rewarded. Or I'll come back and you will be severely punished. Keep this book, these instructions with regard to her. Well, after a few years, this steward realizes that the people are losing their loyalty in the king. And they're no longer concerned about the bride because, well, she's just prudish. She's old fashioned. So he takes her and dresses, takes off her beautiful white garment and replaces it with something really sensual, paints her face like a prostitute and then marches her up and down the kingdom and uses this new look to attract carnal men back into the kingdom. When that king comes back, there, there are no words to describe what he will do to that steward. And when Jesus Christ comes back, there are no words to describe what he will do to many of these men who call themselves pastors who have done to his bride exactly what the steward did in that parable.